If you would like to help support this show, Demolition News, or the Demolition Magazine, please consider becoming a patron. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash demolition news to find out more. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I'm Mark Antony, and this is Demolition News Radio, episode 55. In this episode, a fit and proper person. This show is brought to you by Hydroquip, the UK's largest independent provider of on-site hose repairs. Call 0845 812 0212 for the 24-7 national call-out service. Or download the Hydroquip Job Manager app for iOS and Android devices from the App Store. Before anyone can become a UK football club owner, they must undergo what is known as a fit and proper person test. Now, based on some of those that currently own clubs, presumably that test consists of taxing questions such as A. Do you have a shed load of cash that you don't mind frittering away on a lost cause? B. Do you have a skin thick enough to withstand the abuse that will doubtless come your way from your own fans in the event of a defeat? And a distant C. Do you have the credentials to run a business? At a time when this industry is littered with individuals that have sunk more companies than German U-boats sunk Allied ships, surely the time has come for the demolition sector to enforce a fit and proper person test of its own. And now, a word from our sponsor. CanTrack Global provides the only tracking device capable of working on demolition equipment and attachments out of the box. Its super rugged design is fully waterproof and provides both the equipment location and the ability to recover in the event of a theft. Attachment recoveries were up 220% in 2016. See CanTrackGlobal.com or Google the CanTrack asset to find out more. Think about it. A person needs to undergo a touchscreen test to be allowed on a UK demolition site. An individual needs to undergo extensive training before he or she is qualified to drive a high-reach machine or run a contract. Yet, any smooth-talking person with a sharp suit and a line in business patter can become a company director, even if they were at the wheel when their previous company dived headfirst into oblivion, leaving dozens or more unemployed and the often fatal financial losses of suppliers and subcontractors in their wake. Of course, to err is human, and even the biggest demolition companies are vulnerable to contracts gone awry, a client's refusal or inability to pay, the vagaries of the economy, and just sheer bad luck. Show me an entrepreneur that has not had a brush with bankruptcy, and I'll show you a person who is playing it too safe. But there are some individuals that have gone down more times than Linda Lovelace, staged more comebacks than Frank Sinatra, and yet seemingly retain a Teflon coating of respectability. Indeed, it's become a standing joke that upon hearing of a demolition company's collapse, the default response is, they'll be back. And as sure as eggs is eggs, they usually are, and often within a time frame that suggests that bankruptcy wasn't just financial, but moral as well. Of course, bankruptcy generally results in the directors being disqualified from future directorships. However, it doesn't disqualify them from restarting the company under another guise and operating it as a puppet master with directors and workers, many handpicked from the newly collapsed company, to do their bidding. Surely there must come a time when a person's CV demonstrates time served with two, three or more failed companies 
that the alarm bell of financial irresponsibility should start ringing. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support this show, Demolition News, or the Demolition Magazine, please consider becoming a patron. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash demolition news to find out more.